Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. So Stephen was stoned. Saul was there witnessing and giving approval to his death. But as you said yesterday, Colin, as we're going through the Acts of the Apostles, we're now in chapter 8, chapter 9, that that young man, Saul, who approved of Stephen's death and who then went on to cause great persecution and fear amongst those early believers, actually was the man who came to be one of the greatest apostles that we've ever had. And Paul has this encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. This great light shines from heaven And Paul falls to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Now, um, what he was doing was persecuting the church. What he was doing was persecuting Christians. He was imprisoning them, consenting to their death. Um, But Jesus is taking this very personally. Now you're persecuting me, not just my people, me. Why does he say that? Well, Jesus taught, whatever you do to the least of these, my brethren, you do to me. So Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul asks, who are you, Lord? And then he hears the thing that I think really he was dreading, but as I explained yesterday, in his heart of hearts, he probably knew what was coming. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Now, we've got to just pause here for a moment to try to understand something about God that is absolutely amazing. Paul, in his writings, that, of course, uh, he put together some years after this event, He speaks of God's lavish grace. He always speaks of of grace in these uh, very abundant terms. And he calls himself the chief of sinners because he persecuted the church. How could God choose a man who was actually the most dangerous man to the church, the leader of the persecution against the church, the man who was committed, devoted to trying to stamp out the church. How could God choose him of all people to become the apostle to the Gentiles? It seems such an extraordinary thing. And... Clearly, God himself is taking the initiative in revealing himself to Saul on the road to Damascus in the way that he did. I mean, this is a direct encounter with God himself. Clearly, God has a sovereign purpose for Saul that is totally the opposite of anything that Saul wanted for himself. I mean, he, he opens his letters by saying, you know, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. 
you know, this is God's will for me. But we have to remember that Saul didn't even want to become a Christian, let alone an apostle. And yet God chose him. Well, there are many people in ministry today that were violently opposed to the gospel before they became believers. Why, why is it that God chooses such people? Well, I suppose there's a sense in which only God himself can answer that. But I think we can understand one thing. God sees what is in the hearts of people. And he saw in Saul a passionate zeal for the things of God. Saul really believed he was serving God in persecuting the church. He really believed that he was doing God a great service in preserving the traditions of the Jewish faith by seeking to get rid of this group of people that were considered at the time to be a sect of Judaism. But what God understood was that the zeal was totally misplaced because of Saul's total lack of understanding of who Jesus is and therefore of what the church is and what was happening in Jerusalem at the time. And of course, the, the church was spreading to other places like Damascus up in Syria. So God knew that all he had to do was to take that zealousness and redirect it. So once Saul had become a believer and is renamed Paul the Apostle, that same zeal can now be used in the right way, not to persecute the church, but to build the church. But in what, many different places. But what about Ananias, the man that God used to go and pray with Saul? I mean, he must have been quite a character as well, a, a strong man of faith, because that was quite a fearful thing for him to do. Oh, very much so. I mean, we don't know much about Ananias, but there, in the Acts of the Apostles, this testimony of how Paul became a believer is given us three times. So it was considered a very significant thing in, in the, the early church. Luke realized how significant it was, how significant Paul was. And of course, in the early chapters of, of Acts, we've seen a lot about the apostles and especially Peter. He's the sort of the spokesman there. But now uh, the things move over and Paul becomes the central figure uh, in the latter part of the Acts of the Apostles. It's Paul's exploits and Paul's missionary journeys and so on that are being described. And um, all we know about Ananias is that he was greatly respected. Uh, it doesn't say that in chapter 9, but in the subsequent uh, testimonies of, of Paul's conversion. He was greatly revered. He was greatly respected among the believers. Uh, he was a man of God. As far as we know, he wasn't a great preacher. He wasn't, didn't have a great public ministry or anything like that. But he was faithful. And so when he's praying and just sort of minding his own business, <laughs> one day he has this 
word from the Lord. Um, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Now, we can all uh, sympathize with Ananias in his response to this. You see, this is this is the equivalent of, you know, somebody saying, well, Osama bin Laden is, is going to become a wonderful apostle to the nations. And, you know, you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. These men aren't even Christians. They, they are devoted to actually opposing the Christian faith um, and promoting their own faith. Uh, you would think this is wrong. I've got this wrong. This this can't this can't be right. Lord, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But you know, you don't argue with the Lord. Nobody has ever won an argument with the Lord. So the Lord says to Ananias, go. <laughs> I'm not asking you if you go. I'm telling you to go. God doesn't ask us to do things. He commands us because he is the Lord. Go. This man, now this is the amazing statement. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Now, Ananias is an amazing guy. He could have said no. Because he believed, yes, but he believes what Jesus says. This man, God's chosen instrument. So Ananias goes. I'm sure that on his way, the enemy was trying to say, Ananias, you're an idiot. You're a fool, man. Don't you realize that this man is only pretending that what he really wants to do is to discover who the Christians are so he can take them in chains back to Jerusalem and they can be stoned? You'll be the next one, man. But no, Ananias knows that he's heard from the Lord. So he goes to the house, he enters it, and this is the part I love best, Julia. He places his hands on Saul and he says, Brother Saul, what extraordinary faith Ananias had. You see, if he believed what Jesus said to him, then he has to regard Saul as a brother in the Lord. No longer the persecutor, but a brother. What faith. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately scales fell from his eyes and he was baptized. What a ministry was born. God just used an almost anonymous but faithful servant to bless Paul. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 